0: Read tonight from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 30. And I'll read verses 18 through 21. Isaiah 30, 18 through 21. And therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. For the people shall dwell on Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner anymore but then thine eyes shall see thy teachers, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left. It's good to be in God's house this evening. It's been a few weeks since I've been to church, and, and um, like you, I'm sure that thought is with you. I, it's Sunday, and I'm, I'm not in church, but we're able to uh, watch the services and hear the testimonies. And I think the meetings have been especially good. I enjoy the music very much. Uh, I try to sing along, but it just sounds terrible to be honest with you when I sing along. And so I I haven't been singing as much, um, but I've been listening and I love what I hear. And one of the reasons I believe we all love coming to the house of the Lord is because of God's word and not only the fellowship of the saints and the testimonies, but but God's word and the promises that are in God's word. Here it says, God will be gracious when we cry. Those words were given to the inhabitants of Jerusalem a long time ago, but those words are true to us today, when we are are in trouble and have difficulty or we're shedding tears because of heartache or for some other reason. God will be gracious when we cry. And when he hears our cry, he will answer. Let's direct our prayers to the Lord because he is listening. He hears and he sees the tears as they fall, the song says. God notices when we cry and he will answer. Our hearts cry. At this time, Jerusalem was in a tough spot. They needed help. There was adversity and affliction. The scripture that we just read alluded uh, to that. But the real reason, in my mind, for the difficulty was that there was a massive army. The armies of Assyria were close by, perhaps even within sight. I don't know if you have had the opportunity to travel to Jerusalem or other old cities in Europe where they have walls still standing from the medieval days or even older. And those walls were there for defensive purposes. And I've stood on top of some of those walls and I look out and everything looks nice and pretty today. But could you imagine climbing up the stairs to the top of the wall to get a peek over the wall at Jerusalem and see tens of thousands of soldiers camped close by and they're ready to attack the city of Jerusalem. What a fearful sight that would be. That would strike fear into anybody's heart. In addition to that, they had a general that got close enough to the walls, and where he could yell out and people would hear him, and he did not have good words to say. Pretty strong words, I won't read those words, but he taunted them. He asked them to think about the other nations and the cities in the region, and had their gods been able to deliver them from the Assyrian army? The answer was no, and they knew that. And the people on the walls and the the, the leadership of Jerusalem, they heard those, and it says that they were quiet. I imagine they were fearful. But there came a point uh, during the conversation that some of the Jewish leaders uh, came close to the general, somehow came within proximity, and asked him to not speak in the Hebrew tongue. They said, we understand Syrian. Speak to us in the Syrian language because we can communicate with you. But the general, he didn't heed their request. And the reason was that he knew that he was being successful in striking fear into the hearts of those that were listening to him there in the city of Jerusalem. What a terrible situation to find yourself in. The walls would only protect for a while. They would eventually be starved out. And even at that, they probably would possibly be able to breach the walls. It did not look very good. Some in Jerusalem, the scripture tells us, had asked the neighboring country of Egypt for help. Some placed their hopes in the armies of Egypt. And they waited, but no help came. God had some words uh, for that specific situation. The first verse of Chapter 30, woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. Israel had a rich heritage, a wonderful legacy of an experience of God delivering them when they needed deliverance. There were so many times where God came through. That was part of their history. And yet some took it upon themselves. Instead of looking to the Lord for help, they sent word to Egypt. And it's not that seeking help from your neighbor is such a bad thing. It's that seeking help from God is so much better and so much more reliable God is a reliable God. We can count on him to come through. We can count on him to help us when we are in times of need. We can count on his spirit to give us peace and comfort. Israel didn't have any of that at that time. Jerusalem did not have that. Their neighboring friend, supposedly their friend, didn't send help. God's response to those who look for this help it's in Isaiah 30, 15. Isaiah spoke these words, In returning and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. What a great answer. Uh, return to the Lord. That was uh, the message to uh, Jerusalem. Those that had backslidden the way and, and turned away from God and no longer placed their trust in him. Return to him and you will find rest you will find salvation. You will have confidence. You will have a quiet confidence because God will be on your side. He will be your strength. There is a real blessing in walking close to the Lord. I know some of you have felt that. There's a quiet confidence. There's an assurance in your heart and in your life. And you know that God is with you. And if God is for me, who can be against me? God gives us uh, that confidence, that quiet confidence that strengthens us and and is with us. Thank the Lord for that. And God said, "Blessed are all they that wait for him." And that may be the some of the hardest uh one of the hardest things to do is to wait for the Lord. I think it's human behavior uh, more so for some, to, to try to take matters into their own hand. They see that something needs to be done. And they're not really quite sure what the answer is for a, a big problem, such as what we're uh, looking at tonight, but they know something should be done. and And the Bible tells us here, Isaiah's words were, blessed are they that wait for God. Well, we have someone that we can wait for and he will come through. His timing is right. I think about that song. I've heard it sung here a couple times where the words are something like this that uh, God was, or Jesus was three days late getting to Lazarus. But he wasn't. He was right on time. And God comes through right on time for us. Blessed are they that wait for him. And then he says, You will hear a word behind you. This is the way. God has our best interest at heart. He has your best interest. He has my best interest at heart. He wants to see us uh, live a victorious Christian life, even in times of struggle and in an adversity and, and a lack of understanding of what's really going on. And our minds, my mind tends to wander and think the worst, maybe. But God, peace uh, overcomes the doubts and the fears. And we'll see here in a moment that God did just that for Israel, for Jerusalem at this time. God has our best interest at heart. There is a way that leads to life eternal. There'll be no sin there. That's, That's the path that we're on. That's who we're following. Our leader is taking us that way. We're following the Lord, and he's directing us that way to eternal life with him. And where his goodness will be. We're thankful uh, for God's voice. When he speaks, we have comfort and assurance that he is close by, willing and ready to help us. You know, I think about when someone uh, comes up behind you and, and begins to talk to you before you even see them approaching. Uh, we want to turn around, don't we? That's our, that's our natural reaction to that situation turn around to look who's talking to us and and so that we can uh, communicate with them uh, in, a, in a better way too speaking face to face i find that interesting that god said that there's a, a voice behind you it must be a quiet voice that voice behind us i think how we really have to listen just uh recently within the last week or a little over a week i I had to have a physical uh, for my job. I, I'm to the age where I need to get them more frequently, like every year. And I turned 60, and and um, and uh, someone told me the other day, you know, the 60 is the new 50, and I said, No, it's not. You know, I I, I know you mean well, and and um, <laughs> but it's not. I mean, and I have to go to the doctor to to get a physical. If I was 50, I wouldn't have to go, but here I found myself at the at the doctor, and and um, he had me read an eye chart. Some of you have had physicals; you know all about this. And and um, this doctor got right to the point. He said, "Just read to me the smallest letters that you can." Well, I had a choice to make, um, but I was honest. You know, I'm, I'm generally I want to be honest. Okay, I mean I know it doesn't you can't fool God. You can't fool a doctor probably either, but I read the smallest I could, and they said, good, that's good. And then they checked, my, checked me for colorblindness, and, sh- and I'm kind of a little bit colorblind, but not too bad. Uh, a lot of guys are, um, and held up obvious colors. It was a piece of cake, you know, red and yellow and green, you know, the colors of the, the stoplights, you know, that's important to, to be able to, to see that. And then the doctor hit my knees with a mallet. And I'm not really sure why they do that. They've done that before. And your knee pops out. You know, my knees work. They're not as good as they used to be. And then the doctor checked my hearing. And the doctor got behind me and said, I'm going to whisper in your right ear, and I want you to repeat back to me what I say, and I'm going to whisper in your left ear, and you repeat back to me, what I say, okay. And my hearing has also gone downhill too. I know it's hard to believe, but it happens. And um, he said, uh, what did he say? Oh, July 25th, 2020. And I mean, now is not the time to ask the doctor to speak up, okay? I mean, that's what I would have liked to have done. But I could just hear what the doctor said. And I, and I repeated it back. The doctor says, very good. And did the left ear and really, really did a good job on that, the doctor said. So I passed my physical with, I, I guess, flying colors. But I think about that. I couldn't ask the doctor to speak up and we can't really ask God to speak up. I mean, we can and he may or he may not. But I think the point of the illustration here is that God wants us to really listen when he speaks to us. There's a lot of noise going on in the world, especially right now. And what I mean by that is there's so much, so much stuff going on. And some of it isn't very nice. It's not good at all. And, and we call that noise because it distracts us and, and takes our mind to a place where we probably shouldn't go with our mind. And, and we start dwelling on that. And we start worrying about that. And we need to stop and we need to listen to God's voice that is speaking like a small voice behind us. God is capable of yelling, but God speaks in a soft voice. I thought of the story of Elijah in 1 Kings 19, where Elijah was in kind of a spot where he, he didn't probably foresee he just come through a, a victorious time on Mount Carmel and and where God answered his prayer by fire. what a demonstration of god's power that was and then I like the other part of the story is as he prayed for rain and the clouds started to come in, and Elijah ran over outran the chariots and the horses pulling the king and 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 that just kind of strikes me as being a little bit supernatural. God had given Elijah a special day that day. And Elijah was probably feeling pretty good about that. Perhaps he was even thinking, maybe it's a time for a little vacation. I haven't had one for three years because it hasn't been raining. But he didn't get a vacation. Uh, There was no break coming for Elijah. Queen Jezebel threatened his life. And that was just enough to send Elijah running. And God was with him as Elijah traveled. He he traveled for 40 days. And if Elijah could outrun horses and chariots uh, in, in a foot race, how far do you think he could travel in 40 days walking? I imagine he went a long ways. And he got all the way out into the mountains. God took care of him and got him there. And God came down and he visited Elijah in a special way. God sent uh, some real demonstrations of nature's power. And God is in control of nature. He sent a strong wind that rent the mountains. That's a strong wind that, that moves trees and blows them over. And maybe rocks roll down the hill. God sent an earthquake and those are, if you're going a mountain, it's probably a little dangerous to be in an earthquake. He'd just been in, into a cave, so he probably felt like maybe he was a little unsafe. And then God sent a fire that burned. Three things in fairly quick succession. Elijah saw the manifestation of God's power through nature. But the voice of God wasn't in those supernatural manifestations It says that a still, small voice spoke to Elijah. God speaks in a quiet voice a lot of the times. God isn't pushy a lot of the times. He wants us to turn to him and come to him. But God is faithful and he'll speak from behind with a still, small voice and saying, this is the way. Walk this way. Don't go that way. Don't let your mind wander there. Don't think thoughts like that. Dwell on the Lord and his word. Spend time in prayer. Think about the stories that are in the Bible. They will encourage our hearts and lift our spirits. God speaks in a still, small voice. I also think how what's going on even in our city would be like and comparable to the earthquake and to the fire and to the strong wind that Elijah saw. Damage was being done. Uh, Worrisome uh, things were happening, but God is in control. Let's leave it in God's hand. Have you ever received bad news in the mail? I know that's probably a rhetorical question. You probably have. Usually we get junk mail. My wife, uh, several months ago, signed up for, she gets emails from the post office, or is it an app? I can never remember that. Um, And she sees what's coming in the mail every day. So I've gotten used to asking what's in the mail today. I mean, think of that. You can ask what's in the mail and find out even before it comes and, oh, it looks like junk mail. And most of it is junk mail. Usually you get junk mail and they throw it away and uh, you recycle it. But what happens when you get bad news in the mail? You can't throw it away because it's still there. You don't want to recycle it. It's going to come back around anyway. It needs to be dealt with. Well, the king of Judah was King Hezekiah, and he got some bad mail. He, he got a bad letter from uh, that general or the king of Assyria. And it basically repeated a lot of the bad things that that general spoke to those that were listening to him that day. And I like what Hezekiah did with that bad mail, with that bad letter. He he went into the temple, the house of the Lord. And it's not often that we read in the Old Testament about the king of Israel or the king of Judah going into the temple just a few times. But yet Hezekiah went into the temple and it says he spread the letter out before the Lord. He said, God, this is your problem. Uh, We're looking to you for uh, your help. We can't do anything about uh, this situation, this danger that is threatening us. Hezekiah did a wonderful thing, and uh, it's relevant to us today. When we have bad news, when something bad comes our way, just lay it out before the Lord. Just in your mind's eye, picture Hezekiah just spreading that letter out and opening it up before God there in the temple. We can do the same thing. God was faithful to help Jerusalem at that time. God delivered them in a miraculous way. God will work for us like that too. God will help us. He will deliver us out of our trouble. There may be some bread of adversity and and water of affliction, but God uses those as means to, to turn us back to him. May God help us to look to him in every situation, many times throughout every day, and God will help us as we go along. Earlier this year, when all of this first hit, I found myself <clears throat> not working. And I wasn't going to be working at that time for a few weeks. And so we had a, a vacation scheduled uh, for the week of spring break. And I got out of my schoolwork a week before a spring break. And I said, Meryl, hey, we should, we should just go. We should move up our plans. And we had to change our plans. And, and we, we flew down to Mexico. The flight, the prices just got so cheap. It was just, we just couldn't pass up the deal. And, and we flew down there. And we were, we were just happy about that. We were, that was a surprise to us. I found out Friday afternoon, I was off work for a while. And we were flying down. Sunday morning after we found out there would be no church uh, we we flew down and um, we were down there for several days and and my wife got a text from the US State Department she she signed up for uh, uh, travel advisories and uh, I'll read it to you it says US citizens who wish to return to the United States should make arrangements as soon as possible unless they are prepared to remain abroad for an indefinite period. The U.S. government does not anticipate arranging repatriation flights from Mexico to the United States at this time. Well, my wife and I, we, that made a stop and we talked a little bit and uh, our, we first discussed, do you think they really mean that? I mean, do you think that we would get stranded here in Mexico and, and we talked about that and we decided, yes, it could happen. But, our, but we're coming from the position, our vacation's not done yet, because we have a whole other week, you know, and we paid for it. And um, so um, we, we talked, well, if we got stranded, uh, we could get home. We could take the bus home. And it's only about 800 miles to the Texas border. And um, we traveled in Latin American countries before on the bus, and it's always an adventure. But we really weren't feeling up to it at this time. So we didn't want to do that. And and we were sitting on the beach and it was about 85 degrees and palm trees were blowing in the wind and the Caribbean just was beautiful. And we could look out across the water. We could see the island of Cozumel. And my wife said, you know, there are worse places to be stranded. And uh, I, I agreed with that, you know. And so we slept on it. And the next day, we got a phone call. We got another message. We got a phone call from Southwest Airlines, and they said, uh, we know you're not scheduled to fly out this weekend, but our last flight's going to be on Sunday. If you want to fly out, uh, we'll make room for you. If you want to stay, hasta la vista. You're, you're on your own. And we didn't have to think twice about it, the way they put it. We said, we'll take it. Uh, we'll take that flight home, and we did. And we had a beautiful one-week vacation and got down there and got back safe. And we thank the Lord for that. And I think about how God speaks to us again and again. We heard about that this morning, how God speaks peace to our hearts. Uh, Tomorrow we could be faced with a whole new trial But God will be there to to speak to you again, to speak to me again, to to console us, to give us comfort, to give us his assurance. Throughout the Bible, and and I love the Old Testament stories and the New Testament too, and and you can just read how people were up against great adversity and, and God came through for them. People were filled with self-doubt. and They couldn't do it and whatever the reason was. And, and certainly we can't serve the Lord uh, without his help. But God came through for people back in the Bible days. He will come through for you and will come through for me these days. We're thankful for that. Remember to listen for God's voice as he speaks to you. He will talk to you. He will say, this is the way. Walk ye in it. May God help us to do just that. And I think about God's call, and God is faithful to call people to salvation. I remember when God called me, and, and those of you and most of you who are saved tonight, there was a time where God called you. If you need to be saved, God, let, listen to God's voice. He is speaking to you. He is calling you to him. He's calling you to salvation. He's calling you to uh, walk with him and, and experience that peace and that assurance of knowing that I'm right with the creator of the heaven and the earth. There's nothing quite like that. May God bless you.